Hey guys, welcome to the Lodcast number 36. Uh, today we have a lot of fun topics to talk about, as well as a guest who is a famous, <laughs> actually I would say this time around, famous YouTuber uh, who is who does tech. He's he uh, He's got quite a storied past, and we'll get on into all that, as well as uh, the topics we have for today. But first, let's catch up with everyone. I'll start with Matt again. Matt, once again, because this is the second time we're doing this. How's your week been? I'm good. Been playing Death <laughs> Been playing Deathloop uh pretty good so far. Only uh decent chunk in. Um if anyone wants to know my critique so far is I feel like the game gives you a little too much in the beginning. The only way you could die is if you're just not looking at the ground and then up oh, there's a trip mine. Yeah, pretty much. It's the the game is too easy, I think. That's my main criticism so far. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's Matt. Um, that's yes, great. that's that's good. Uh, how, how have you how have you been, Jay? <laughs> we didn't have Jay in the last part. We were gonna make a joke about it because he explicitly asked us to. But how have you been, Jay? I um got the Rona. It's not very fun. I was home. I was. I've been unconscious the last four or five days yikes yeah no i've been like it, it I, i'm joining i'll probably like randomly cough <laughs> speaking of which um and and like <clears throat> i'll like have sinus issues and headache and just i lost my sense of smell but i still have my taste so that's good this, this so, is yeah. a result of Jay in that infamous time on the podcast where we were talking about the <laughs> the Dream song. Mask song. Uh, and you know, he actually removed the song. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. That's took Why? it down. I don't know. I it, like There's re-uploads of it. I found out from like some YouTube video I was watching that like, Why, apparently everyone's, was removed. Everyone's making fun of it because it's fucking awful? Exactly. <laughs> You should have known before you made it. Things sounded like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is all because Jay refused to uh, understand what the meaning of the mask was. As yeah, if... Dream deleted it for that exact reason. You've let because him down, Jay. Jay just couldn't understand. I still don't know what that song was about. I never listened to it. <laughs> don't. No, it's... I don't have to. You guys were like the mask scenario, and I was like, "Are we really talking about this?" It's gonna get weird if we talk talking about something like this that's touchy. And then you're like, "Oh, there was a song." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" But yeah, uh, besides that, we have myself. Uh, I said it last time, but I'm doing my Death Loop review. Um, not not much else besides that. Life's been kind of boring you as want usual. Some inputs. I would happily help you with that, by the way. I would, I'm would. i not going to make my own video on it, but I, I could say some stuff if you want another opinion in it. I'd put the other opinion in, but I'm like 20 minutes into editing. <laughs> I've been trying to get oh, this yeah. video out for I, like three weeks fun. now. <laughs> it's good. I was just offering, sorry. Nah, nah, don't worry about it. I've, I've seriously considered like hiring help from like China or something. <laughs> if I could We're afford people. Yeah, point. if I could afford someone to help me, I would gladly do it, but same yeah uh besides that and all the catching up done let's catch up with our guest avrona alex how have you been uh, they've been fine very busy uh some big projects for the channel coming up i'm working on this kind of like rebrand with like new uh 
just just like a, a refresh of my channel's look, some more ambitious projects like a review of Windows 11. Plus, like uni started up again recently, and this time I'm actually on campus, so I can't just you know sit at home and listen to a lecture online every other day, and that's it. I actually have to travel into town everything now, which is a pain. Yeah, uh, remote classes made literally YouTube so much easier to do for me. <laughs> they weren't helpful at all, but they did make oh, YouTube yeah. easier. They were terrible. I graduated from undergrad so uh, the, yeah, for, for, during the pandemic, so I don't yeah. feel qualified at all. <laughs> I mean, that was my first year, so it was definitely set the scene for the rest of my course. Oh yeah, that sucks. You didn't even like get to meet people in real life until this year. Let's be honest, even if I did have the chance, I probably wouldn't socialize with too many people. I'm just not that kind of person. Mm. Uh, but yeah, uh, okay. Now that we've caught up, let's just dive headfirst into the interview. So Alex, would you like to introduce yourself, who you are, what you do? Just generally tell everything about yourself to the audience. You want to know your social security number, your credit card numbers, everything. Yeah, yeah that too. Sure, let me just... <laughs> Dig it out, I have it here somewhere. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, I'm Alex of Rona, whatever. I've been uh, on YouTube since 23rd, August 2013. I do tech videos. And um, what else is there to me? I don't know, I'm a boring person. Wait, so you brought up 2013. Yikes, man, that's long. How old were you? Uh, Probably a bit too young to be doing YouTube at a time. <laughs> I was like, what, 12, 13 at a time? Yeah, whoa, that's crazy. Like, I think I started my channel, oh, my brother actually started my channel back in 2016, and then I took over in, like, 2017. But, yeah, that's crazy. Like, what got you into all that? Oh, so it's a definitely a weird story. I know most uh, YouTubers say that, they had like a specific YouTuber they looked up to at the time, be like, you know, PewDiePie or Smosh or whoever was like popular at the time. Uh, for me, it was basically because I want, I ran a blog, like this very, very amateur blog about this browser game for kids that was popular at the time. And I was part of this like larger blogging community. We all had our own blogs. It was great. It was so much fun. And I wanted to do something to make my personal blogs stand out a bit more so i thought okay how about i do videos as well and then i thought i could just embed the videos directly into my posts or i can make a youtube channel post them to youtube instead and then i could also be uh you know gathering in uh getting exposure from youtube and have people also know about me or what i do from youtube as well so it's like a you know just more exposure for free basically so that's how, why i created my channel yeah, so, uh, w like, where was your blog based? Was it a, uh, uh, was it, like, one of those Google ones? Because I know a while back... It was back... in WordPress. It was oh, WordPress. okay, okay, yeah. So, so that... very amateur. I know a lot of people do their podcasts on WordPress, so that's, that's interesting, because, um, I remember blogs used to be the big thing back in the day. Mm. Uh, like, everyone had a blog, like, yeah, I make mil it was, like, the old version of the influencer, like, someone with a blog. Was, yeah. Yeah. All right, um... So, before we get into everything, uh, let's delve a little bit into the co type of content you've made in the past. So, I've, I've heard um, you used to be a Pokemon YouTuber, I want to say, right? I've gone through so many things. So, yeah. I started off making content around that uh, 
browser game and other gaming stuff to go along with my blog. Uh, and also include some like more vlog style content, which was probably very cringy, seeing how I was only like, what, 14, 15 at a time. Um, then I went more into uh, gaming Minecraft videos because that was kind of what was popular at the time. And I realized that, you know, <sighs> that was around a time when the whole blogging community I was part of kind of died out, basically. And the game itself I was talking about was also just no one cared about it anymore. So I just want, had to jump ship to something more interesting, something people actually still care about, something I actually still care about. So I decided to do gaming stuff, primarily Minecraft. Then after that didn't really but do much for my channel for ages. I switched over to the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, it kind of just started off with me making a uh, a video of me opening my, my very first booster pack ever, because uh, I just got it for like super cheap at a car boot sale. And I saw that that video did well. So I said, okay, maybe I'll do like a hybrid of Minecraft and Pokemon TCG content. Then I went to Pokemon TCG content. But then as time went on I kind of realized that that isn't as good for my channel either and so I decided to maybe dabble into tech and I saw that that's probably like a very good and most importantly sustainable direction for my channel to take one that's very uh scalable as well so that's kind of what I decided to uh, stick with yeah so it's interesting you mentioned tech and I've uh I'll bring this up in a second when we start talking more well when we get into the questions a little more why did you like you mentioned it was scalable and all that but like what explicitly drew you to tech because i know with tech it's a lot of people consider it so saturated as a field just because literally everyone and their mother like well not watches like linus tech tips and stuff so it's it, i, I want to know what like drew you to that and what like you thought made that sustainable uh, so there's two main reasons for that the first one was it was an area i already had like Definitely not the most knowledge in the world about, but it was an area I did have knowledge in. It was an area I was interested in. One of the few areas I feel like I'd have actually enough knowledge about it to actually make uh, videos on a topic. And uh, the second was that I really didn't... can really think of too many other directions I could take my channel at that time. Uh, I saw that kind of Pokemon wasn't really working out so I kind of just thought okay like what is the left what is something that's popular something I can uh, I can imagine making videos on something that people will actually watch something that is kind of searchable on YouTube something that will place into something that can be easy like SEO'd for and like literally the only thing that met all the criteria was tech Actually, I was curious, since you brought up Pokemon again, I joked about this uh, during your, our last technical problem, but I was curious, what is your favorite generation of Pokemon? I haven't, I didn't uh, grow up with Pokemon. Literally, my first real experience with it was the Pokemon trading card game. Uh, so I have to say, uh, I believe it's seventh generation, that's Sun and Moon. Sun and like, Moon, that's, that, that, that's controversial. Because that's just the generation I really entered the, uh, the community with. That's, you know, when I started making videos on Pokemon, the trading card game, it, it was just all the Sun and Moon expansions that were coming out. It was the Sun and Moon games, like, like dominating in everything. So, yeah. It's, it's a valid reason. I mean, my favorites 
to I, because I had a sad childhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a sad childhood. I didn't have Pokemon, so that's why it's uh, like uh, not the latest, but you know, the second latest generation for me. Mm. Yeah, so uh, I think with that, uh, I'm going to use this kind of bridge into the the history of the Avrona channel because I think this is very interesting. Um, so actually, funnily enough, I learned about you because of uh, I, I just managed to find a video about like I, I want to say I guess your controversies. I, I don't I wouldn't really call them controversies, but like uh, I I actually didn't research much into it. I just found it and was linked to your channel, but. What exactly I think you're known for, not to your actual audience, but to like randos on the internet, is I think you had like you some involvement with some YouTuber a while back. Are you okay with like telling us about that? So is that the hopeless Beatrice? Yeah, I think so. One. I mean, there's been so many like story arcs to this at this point. <laughs> it's like an anime. <laughs> it really is. Um, so the hopeless Beatrice one is oh boy, where do I start with that one? Um, it's kind of hard to me, for me to talk about it because I don't know too much of what was going on with her and why other YouTubers had issues with her, but I know, like, it ended up on, like, drama channels, like, dr YouTube drama blogs. It, it was, like, a very, very big deal, I know, in, like, not it just in the, like, art commentary community, which is, like, where Peaches, uh which is the community of Peaches Sparta, but like even beyond that, it was a bit big deal. I have no idea, honestly. I have no idea what happened there. All I know is my kind of personal experiences with her and how that got dragged in into all of it. So basically, way before the things with Peaches Re kind of kicked off, she made this kind of like story time video about me, and I made like a response video to that uh, at a time, and that was kind of the end of the story. But then, like, at, like, maybe a year later, I was getting so many comments on a video out of nowhere saying, like, oh, I'm so sorry this happened to you. I'm so... This shouldn't have happened. It's so nice to see that she's being brought to justice or whatever. I'm like, what is going on here? Why are people talking about this video all of a sudden? And then I went down a rabbit hole. Turned out she was involved in a whole bunch of drama. And so I decided to make, like, a follow-up video talking about, you know, my thoughts on the whole situation now with my very like limited uh limited information on what was going on in a broader peaches drama and that kind of led to my channel being kind of used as a uh, one of the examples of the uh, a wider range of youtubers that peaches has wronged across the past like m few months or years even and kind of that's how my channel got dragged into all of it interesting yeah I, I really didn't know much about it myself i just knew that it was like huge Honestly speaking, after seeing like the responses on your videos, they, they they were crazy. Some ranged from like, "Oh, I feel so bad for you," to others being like, "You're shit. You make terrible content." <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, like I could not handle that type. I think the biggest video I ever made got like seventy thousand views, and it was completely wrong. It was a video about Doom twenty sixteen and the lore of the mm. uh, Doom Slayer, and I got like, I think a hundred dislikes on that. It, the the yeah. dislike. The, the like ratio was still like 500 to 100 but like mm. i i was like distraught i i could not handle that kind of criticism yeah. on that level i mean just for some context of how big this drama was um my average videos uh so my videos on average get a few hundred views maybe like a thousand if i'm lucky 
that video I did just when the Peaches drama kicked off, like for real, got 80,000 views. Yikes. <laughs> it's my second most viewed video on the channel. And other videos on the same topic got hundreds of thousands of views. It was a huge drama that uh, I kind of uh, brought my channel in. <laughs> you should have tried going on drama where it met Keemstar. <laughs> oh, that would have been great. That would have been so funny. But um, something I've seen a lot with the whole art community is they get into a lot of drama. I don't... Because I, I do... My my YouTube and what I watch is very varied just because like I click whatever is in my recommended. I'm a stupid consumer. Uh but I, I've had my time, I think it was a few years back, where I, like all my recommended was purely art community stuff. So like it's people like uh I wanna say uh Odd Ones Out, that that one other guy who was like hundred K subs when I watched him, but um he used to criticize art commentary channels. And I remember this whole like Peaches drama, but I I didn't actually know all the people involved. I'm sure I watched the video with like your like little logo in it. And I, I'm just shocked as to how often they get into drama. Cause like as a comparison, the the community I came from and that uh, Jay here is also still in, and I kind of participate in is the uh, Elder Scrolls community. And when we have like drama, right? It's all behind the scenes. There's not an ounce of the drama we have that goes like out. Like, I think in my time in the community, I have seen tons of people who just, like, are shitty, terrible, horrible people. But, like, no one makes an expose on them. But then you go to some community like the like the uh, art community, and they're all, like, spewing about how, like, someone, like, wronged them and ruined their lives or how someone's a pedophile. <laughs> Personally, it's just, I think it's because the art community, like, some of it is fabricated and then some of it just leads to more people paying attention to this kind of stuff i also think it has a little bit to do with the fact that they're all like perpetually on twitter like their careers are based off it and twitter is an entire argument we could get into we've had many conversations about the the shithole that is twitter (laughs) but uh i feel like i'm not sure how much this is the case in the art commentary community but i know in some communities where there's a lot of drama there's almost this like unspoken gentleman's rule that is almost done despite the creators all kind of hating each other whatever they know that they're doing it just for views and they kind of like to keep things going and kind of benefit each other it's it's a weird mechanism you know just like starting the drama just so like every single person who's part of it even if they hate each other they know they all benefit from it in some way and they they're gonna be attracting a lot of views from it so even though they probably really would just want to you know end it or just want to you know disprove that this youtuber did something or expose this youtuber they just want think this to go on for as long as possible and it's just like i feel it's this weird agreement between the unspoken agreement that they just want to keep things going what I was saying yeah, earlier, of- where it was like a lot of it's just not not fabricated. This is a bad word, but they seek this out because they know it it settles. Yeah, they like synthetically escalated. I'm not sure if that's a good way of describing it, but yeah, they, they try to make it as big as possible because they know it's going to be it's going to be profitable for them. Do you think it's been profitable for you? Oh, totally. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try and like, hide it. 
I mean, uh, it's it took my channel from around a thousand something views to over four thousand in a matter of weeks, if not days, when it was all going on. Uh, and the month of December of twenty twenty was twenty twenty or twenty nineteen twenty twenty. I had more views in that one month. Uh, it was my highest viewed month ever. It was like AdSense wise, it was my best month ever. Subscriber wise, likewise, like it was insane. Now I'm not trying to say that you know it was like the only reason I was doing it. Of course not. And I did feel like I wanted to have my say. I wanted to um, tell my part of the story. But like you know, let's not pretend that people didn't benefit from it, no matter like how right or how wrong they are. Everyone benefited from that drama. Yeah, it's it's really interesting that all that happened to you. Like I would, like I said, I'd be, I, it would be impossible for me to get around that much like criticism and drama. But all right, uh, now that we've discussed a little bit of the history, I'll, I'll ask you one more question about this in a bit. But. How do you go about making your videos? I know you've been very big about talking about like all the effort you put into the channel. So where where, where does it all start and how does it all get to the end product? So when you make... Um, so with my schedule of seven videos a week, I try to be very uh, efficient with how I set everything out. And actually with most of my videos, they get uh, done in usually the same day. They get shot, edited, and uploaded in the same day. And then planning them out usually takes about two days, I'd want to say. Uh, and when I'm trying to think of what to make videos on, I mean, it's the main source is just, well, other tech news outlets. It's seeing what crazy products are being announced. It's about what... Um, what the big companies are doing, what the smaller companies are doing that maybe not many people are heard of, or, you know, things that maybe bigger YouTubers haven't really talked about. That's like my opportunity to maybe make my own video about it instead that people can see. Uh, so when I plan what kind of videos I make, it usually just involves going to websites that talk about tech, reading up on what the top articles are, then I plan a video, and then straight to recording editing uploading usually usually within the same day with bigger projects it usually takes a bit longer i'm actually curious how do you manage to like edit all that in the day is it just like the fact that like your planning is incredible because i i think you heard me earlier but like i've been working on a review for like the last three weeks and i i've just gotten to the final editing phase now i like, don't want to say that my planning is like amazing but one thing is I also try to keep my videos very brief because uh, just so to make sure that people kind of watch as much of it as possible, j just keep it nice and fast and snappy. So that means that the final edit is usually, I try to keep my videos around like four to six minutes maximum. Mm. So that helps. Uh, there's also the fact that um, most of it is usually just a role. Unless it's like, a review reviews are a completely different story those take way longer usually like two days of editing a lot lots of b-roll lots of shooting lots of everything but most of the videos if it's just me talking then just a transition and an image of what i'm talking about then back to me then like another transition to something else related to what i'm talking about that 
just doesn't really take that uh, long, <laughs> that much time. The most like time, the thing that takes the most amount of time is just cutting out all the times I just mess up. Oh, so and, it's not scripted? Uh, it's, I want to say it's like semi. Oh, so you have like a, yeah, I've done it before. You just have like a little Word document with bullet points, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's, I, I'm honestly, extri- I don't know how you do it. Like seven videos a week, like, holy shit, man. What the fuck? How do you do it? That is insane. Do, do you ever like feel like burnout? Because I know that happens with pretty much every YouTuber in existence. I definitely feel tired at the end of it, but I definitely never felt like proper burnout set in. I don't know, it's weird. I always had like the opinion that um, with burnout, I, I feel like I can just tell myself, hey, this needs to be done. Don't just, you know, uh, sit in, just don't lie in bed or sit at your PC doing nothing. If something has to be done, do it. There's just like no excuse for it. I, I feel like I'm not a, p- a person that can force myself to do something in those kind of situations so uh, it's not something i'm worried about who knows maybe after like another five years or however much i will just feel like a wreck but i'm not dead just yet well that's great (laughs) uh i know with myself like i can do that it's just if like i miss one upload really badly like i'm just like damn man I, i don't know if i can do this anymore but I haven't gotten there yet. We've been at this for two months since my last hiatus, so hopefully it keeps going. Uh, I creatively wise. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so recently your channel has gotten, I wouldn't say a lot, but you, you, you tend to get criticism from that, uh, that Peaches era, especially because now that, from what I saw, like I was mentioning earlier, like people are saying, oh, you only have subscribers because you're pity subscribed to, right? So what I'm wondering about that is... Do you like? And I know recently we actually had uh, a YouTuber on uh, that made like a video about you, uh, zero no zero. Uh, like th- this is actually a few months back, I want to say. But what are your answers to those criticisms? Because I do want to give you a platform to kind of just like explain how you feel about all this stuff. Oh boy, where do I start with that? That could be like a whole two-hour podcast in its own manner, but um. If the last two years have shown us anything, it's that people are bored by the status quo. And people get very easily taken in by misinformation. And that people also love a good bandwagon. And we've seen it in a lot of IRL situations, which I probably don't have to even talk about. People probably know what I'm talking about. And I feel like when you piece all that together with the uh, additional freedom and anonymity and the uh, lack of consequences of the internet, and you get the perfect recipe for a real kind of mob rule. And I feel like that is what's been kind of happening with my channel. People, Like I said, people do not like the status quo. People like to have something to distract them, something they can like rally against, and something that allows them to feel morally superior, or at least makes them feel like they are in the right, as a nice little distraction in life. I, I know there's a lot more to it than that, and everyone has kind of... A lot of people are just jumping in for the bandwagon, other people may have their own reason for 
thinking different things about me. But at the end of the day, it was it is just a uh, a cycle of yeah, it, it's a cycle of very small, unimportant stuff being completely blown out of proportion and kind of yeah, a, a bandwagon taking place basically, and. Yeah, I guess that's <laughs> that's the best way I could probably describe it. Yeah, so I, I think, and I, I really do want to put this out there because I've looked at your content, right? And realistically speaking, I think the stuff you're criticized about in terms of like the hits and the misses and all that is the fact that based on your schedule, right, the way you talk about it, it really just seems that any mistakes you make are 100% based off your time limit from what I understand and what I've seen. Speaking 100% honestly, I think your content is is like, for tech stuff is perfectly good. There's nothing like terrible about it. It's not as though it's low budget. It's not as though it's like some guy talking into a shitty mic about like his opinions on Windows 11 or some shit, right? It's pretty well put together, I'd say. I I think I, the one video that was criticized by uh, one of our guests, uh, Zero, was I think it was a video on motion control you were doing and you were like playing something like I guess that intro. I mean, okay. Realistically speaking, the intro wasn't the best, but the content of the video was good. I think like you're saying, the criticisms for your channel are more than likely just a result of the whole Peaches drama alongside the fact that some people think that they're entitled to dislike you for the fact that you were embroiled in drama and... what You're all gay. You're all very gay. <laughs> it's him. It's him. <laughs> Sorry about interrupting this the, the interview, but this is but Cam. This is one hell of an interruption. It's this is Cam. He used to be one the of the legend old, has arrived. He used to be one of the old uh, hosts on the podcast. Cam, hi. How you doing, Cam? What's up, bitches? How's life been, Cam? I don't know. I'm pretty drunk right now. <laughs> oh my god. I'm trying to go to sleep because I go to go to work at like nine thirty and. I was having to wake up from my piss and say, hey, look, these fuckers are doing their thing. Well, thank you for coming on, Cam. This is this has been an I honor. Yesterday, if you would have kept it yesterday. Well, I'm sorry. I was playing League of Legends. Yes, you can make fun of me. I didn't know you were gay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, th- Cam. Thank you very much. This will be like the best part of the podcast. <laughs> I love you guys. I just popped in to say hi and keep me updated when the next one is and I'll definitely pop in. Roger that, Captain. All right. Later, guys. Yep. See ya. See ya. How do I I get out of this? (laughs) Wait, here it is. Bye. 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 (laughs) Well, that was definitely interesting. Yeah, that's Cam. He's the resident, uh, uh, he's the resident. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, he comes and goes. He just is deep conversation about like content and suddenly <laughs> just out of nowhere this in the red level audio. What's up, fuckers? It's just like okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. So to kind of get us back on track, where was I? Um, yeah. So I think in general, just the 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 way that people look at your content, in my opinion purely and based off me looking at your content and then obviously looking at the content of the people on the channels that have criticized you i think if anything worst worst case scenario 
the the people's content is comparable to yours like in terms of quality i i legitimately think like you said it's a bandwagon at this point and the best thing you can do is what you're doing right now which is just putting your head down and working at it a while back i still kind of tried to respond to it but there was just so much of it and i've just felt like i was repeating myself but people just still refused to listen it just felt like i was Going in circles, it felt like I was literally talking to a wall. To a wall. And even though those videos were guaranteed to make, uh, to generate quite a few views, I was just like, yeah, no, this is just not worth it. I'm just tired of all of this. Well, it's also important to note that, like, purely embroiling yourself in drama eternally can also be like the death of a channel. Like, let's look yeah. at something like a prime example for this Trisha Paytas. Uh, I don't know if anyone follows her or even knows anything about her, but she, I, I don't know what she started out as. All I know is that she's in the drama news all the time and that's all she's ever in the news for because her channel is dead without drama. And realistically speaking, that stuff is not sustainable mentally. But let's just be honest. Like if you've ever seen anything she posts on Twitter, she's having mental breakdowns like every other day. So it's a good thing that you, you've kind of taken a step back from that. Uh, but yeah, um, with that done, I think we can start wrapping up this interview. Uh, so what do you think is, uh, you mentioned this a little at the beginning, what is the future of the Avrona channel? You you kind of mentioned a sort of uh, visual rework, some bigger projects, anything else you could like tell us about? A big focus of my channel for the past, like a year, I want to say, it was just try to make it as professional as I can. And just make it seem like this proper tech news outlet. Even if, you know, I don't have the views for one, I don't have the subscribers for one, I just want to have the appearance of this very not proper professional tech news outlet. And I want people to look at my channel and I want them to see the content first and the kind of subscriber count and view count later. Because I want to be very obvious that my subscriber count and view count are not a representation of the quality of my content. I want to, I want to make it as clear as possible that it's this channel is a way bigger deal than that. It's a way bigger project. It's just bigger in every single aspect than our view count and sub count would lead you to believe. And it's been something I've been trying to kind of compensate for the fact that my channel has been so small. It's been something I've been working on for ages, but even more so as in the past year, and I continue to do so. Going into the future, I'm planning to invest even more into the channel. I think I have like uh, something like six grand lined up to be put into like new equipment, new like everything for the next like couple of months. Uh, I'm hoping to bring on... In I'm hoping to bring on like maybe people to help out. I'm hoping to experiment with some new video formats. I'm hoping to start doing some more ambitious projects and working with tech brands more as my channel grows. The very annoying thing is, is that I really like planning ahead of my channel. I have so many great projects planned, projects that I would I know I would enjoy working on a lot more than the kind of stuff I'm doing now. And projects I know that my audience would also enjoy a lot more than the stuff I'm doing now. But it's all limited by how fast or how slow my channel actually grows in the end. And that is probably like the most infuriating part of YouTube for me. 
because I have very, very big plans for my channel, it's just now that painful, painful wait until I can actually execute them. And I, I, I'm going to assume that you guys are probably like the same in a way. I'm not sure like how much you like have planned ahead your kind of YouTube channels, but I just really like kind of thinking of what I want to do in the future. And it's just kind of put, constantly having to put it aside until the channel grows a bit more. But hopefully when it does, I'm going to have some really awesome stuff lined up. And that's about it. I guess in that regard, do you want, do you think YouTube will ever be like a career for you? Or are you just planning to have it always as like a side gig? I have no idea because it is impossible to predict. Yeah, that's true. It's some people like don't even expect their channels to take off. I would love it. It would be, I think, an amazing career or or just something in that direction because it's just an area I have experience in now. And uh, yeah, like for better or worse, it's just kind of an area of expertise I aligned myself with that's just probably going to just stick with me for life. Uh, So, you know, I could have been a doctor, but I have, you know, skills in making videos instead. So just kind of have to play to my strengths in that regard then. All right. So, like I said, wrapping the interview up, is there anything else that, like, interests you uh, besides just YouTube, maybe tech, I guess? Like I said, I'm a very boring person. There really isn't too much to me other than what I talk about on the channel. I like tech. I make YouTube videos. I play video games. Yeah. uh, All right. So uh, I won't delve too much in the IRL stuff just because you kind of did give us some stuff in your introduction there but um anything else you want to shout out before i pass it off to the other hosts uh, ask any questions they have nope take it away all right <laughs> anyone got any questions to alex here no i'm good no but yeah um with that we can move on we don't have anything for general internet stuff and news but uh, i'll let matt take away the next part which is whatever we want to talk about and uh matt uh we'll go with yours apparently the chip shortage it got worse even though i thought it was dying down yeah so interesting that uh well it's it's amazing you brought that up matt that we thought it was getting better but no it's not getting better but it might be getting better i don't know i've heard conflicting reports the reason i put it's getting worse. It's because I recently saw a TechLinked video uh, from Linus Tech Tips about how apparently, oh, it, it's common knowledge that, I, I hope it's common knowledge that pretty much all our manufacturing is in China. So it includes chips, plastics, whatever the fuck you want to talk about. But every last bit of our uh, production comes from China. And what China recently did, they make, they've been making huge uh, strides to like re-communize i guess their country uh the first thing i'd say recently that we saw in it was uh the whole retaking of hong kong and how basically hong kong it's basically just mainland china now at this point with slightly more freedoms another thing we saw was the whole video game thing where kids are like forced to register like their social security numbers or whatever the hell they have in china and like have like limited playtime of video games per week and they can only play on weekends. So huge impacts to the markets there. And then the most recent thing, which is why a lot of people were concerned about the chip shortage 
is China has cut off power to like entire regions where these factories are. So basically hundreds of factories are just suddenly not producing chips anymore. And if you know how bad the chip shortage is, I was actually going to make a joke about this when uh, Alex here was mentioning getting sponsorships about passing me a GPU. Uh, But like there's absolutely no way that this could like benefit the chip shortage. I I know because I also saw another article about Lisa Su, the president of AMD saying something like, Oh, uh, the, the chip shortage is going to get better. This is just normal. I mean, obviously this one wasn't caused by normal highs and lows, but it's going to get better by 2022. And I do not believe her in the slightest. (laughs) She's, she's, she's honestly, because my job kind of depends on that. So I actually have recently had my hours cut because of that. So it's got me a little concerned. I can definitely feel the immediate impact of it. And it really sucks that China did this too, because I don't know why they would do it. Maybe they're like, I honestly can't figure out like a potential like motive for this. Like, why would you shut down all this power to these certain regions that have these factories when it's just gonna like stop chips from being manufactured. And then like I was saying, Lisa Sue was like, Oh, uh, yeah, we have a bunch of, uh, new fabs being made in like the next 18 months. So we'll have like a bunch of new fabs and the chip shortage will end, but I'll make my prediction right now. It'll get better, but it will not end for like another two years. Probably will. I, I, w- I want to ask our resident tech YouTuber here. What are your opinions on the chip shortage? I mean, the cryptocurrency boom is kind of slowly going away. Uh, graphics cards are still impossible to buy, though. Um, and honestly, I've the difficult thing to predict now is how well will companies like AMD and NVIDIA and Intel be prepared for the launches of their next products and how much fab capacity they would have for the upcoming new CPUs and GPUs, whatever, because the current generation is a lost cause, let's be honest, and many people are just kind of waiting out for the next one, so will it just be like a, um, will the people who couldn't buy a uh, new hardware this time around, are they just going to flood to the next generation of stuff, and are we going to have shortages of that instead? And will those companies be able to recover by then or are they basically just gonna be divvying up their fab capacity too much between too many different products i think it's definitely important for us moving forward and this is just my uneducated opinion on this shit but we really gotta stop like supporting china and their weird business shit they've got going on And that's not me being weird. It's just China's a terrible country, All right, a terrible Matt, government. Get the headline ready, Matt. We're gonna we're, <laughs> we have another. Well, you're literally saying you're, you're <laughs> shutting down. Yeah, they are. They're terrible. Like, they're terrible yeah. people, and it's oh. like, are supporting these guys. The Someone's gonna get blackbagged by the CCP. <laughs> All right, I'll see you care. later. They're we'll already getting rid of my job. Bye, bye Jay. All what? right, Jay's slowly becoming the Joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When you wake up in a Chinese camp, Jay, let us know. I'm already a dead man. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, this this podcast has had a history of criticizing China, but uh, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll all disappear at some point in our 20s, right? Pretty much. Uh, yep. I'm expecting it. All right, yeah, so moving on. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you want to talk about your thing? Yes, I would love to. Did everyone watch the Nintendo Direct or... Or have I don't even least... think you have to watch the direct to know what you're talking all about. Right. It's all over the internet. Tell, <laughs> tell the audience, anyways. Well, if you haven't seen it, they're making a Mario movie coming out next year, and Mario <laughs> is being voiced by none other than Chris Pratt. He's so cool. <laughs> I can't believe they said that. It was like Funny more. Man Jack Black is also going to be there. I'm more interested in Charlie Day as Luigi. I don't know. When I watched it live, I'm not really a big Nintendo guy, but me and my roommate were kind of like, oh, fuck it. Why not? Let's watch it. And then when Chris Pratt popped up on the, on the screen, I lost it. But then what really got me was Seth Rogen Donkey Kong. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was my favorite, and still is. I mean, jokes aside, no matter how many people maybe uh, talk about how bad of a... Uh, choice it may be the second they said and mario is being voiced by chris pratt they basically solidified that this movie is gonna make mad returns oh yeah for sure for sure i'm seeing it opening night yeah so am i <laughs> i kind of have <laughs> to the best part is that it's being made by illumination so yeah yeah it's like disney no, not disney uh nintendo went nintendo. out of their way to go and find the studio that makes like the the most like I really feel like they're trying to make this into like a phenomenon with like memes, because there's no way that that something made by Illumination isn't gonna seep into like the popular Meme culture. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine if there's like a Minions cameo. Since, <laughs> oh, since oh, oh you already know. Yeah, you already know now. Mario so, in the. <laughs> Uh, you know, part of me, this all started happening around the time I like got sick, and I've been just secretly hoping this was all a fever dream. <laughs> I was about to say, I really hope I just wake up randomly. It's like, Jay, the virus is over, and also Mario is being voiced by actual Mario voice actor. No, the, the, the weirdest part is they have the actual he's a cameo. Yeah, he's Why? in the movie, no, but he's they... not just a cameo; he's several cameos. Oh. Yeah, he's voicing so many characters, but he's not allowed to voice Mario. We're going to have, like, a shitty Chris Pratt impersonation. I, the reason why is because he's not marketable for major audiences who don't know who is who Mario is voiced by. But but he's such a recognizable voice. He voiced, like, Parthenon yeah, X. But, he voiced, like... Yeah. But, but still, you have to kind of think, oh, when when you're walking in the mall... And you see a poster for the Mario movie, and you see Chris Pratt's name. People are gonna be like, "Oh, Funny Man Jack Black and Funny Man Chris Pratt are in the Mario movie. I like them both. I'll go see it." And then you see if you if they did that with the guy who really voices Mario, then people are gonna be like, "Oh, who the fuck is that?" So it's really all about it. It wasn't so much of a of a like, "Hey, fuck you, guy." It was more of a you're not as marketable as a famous person such as Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. That's basically an F you, though. That dude is a, such a phenomenal voice actor and yeah. deserves more credit. No, no, for sure. But, like, I think a bigger fuck you was, like, 
like the him being like blatantly like kicked out of the project. Oh yeah, like what happened to Woods' and voice actor? Yeah. But yeah, okay. So uh, Jay, you want to talk about what you want to talk about? Let's hope I don't cough twenty times while I'm explaining this. Um, I've been playing Enderall lately, and if you don't know what that is, if you know me, I love Skyrim. Enderall is a conversion mod for Skyrim that basically makes an entirely new game out of the Skyrim engine, and a lot of the code and everything that was used to make it is used to make this new game with a new setting, with a new narrative. And it's it's a great mod because now on Steam, you can download it separately. You don't have to mod your Skyrim. You can just go to Steam, and as long as you own the version of Skyrim that, that you're trying to get that version of Enderall for, um, you could just have an entirely separate application dedicated to this game, which is crazy. And I've been playing it the last, uh, I believe, three days. And I played it before, like a year or two ago, on the Legendary Edition of Skyrim engine. There's a Legendary Edition, there's a Special Edition. And they just recently, I believe a couple months ago, released the Special Edition as a separate download that you can get on Steam. And it's a lot more stable. So if you want to try out something and you have, you know, Skyrim, uh, Legendary or Special Edition, you just go to Steam and download it. It's a really fun open-world fantasy game with a lot of unique, interesting characters, all of its voice acted. I've been really enjoying it. I just wanted to talk about it for a little bit. Yeah, how far have you gotten into it? Um, I have gotten sidetracked in the first area of mm-hmm. the Sun Coast, I think. And it's really cool. I think I've leveled up like six times and I've just been exploring, doing bounties, a bunch of creatures, learning new spells. Yeah. Crazy. I played it on launch. Like I think um if you when, when did the I think the original released in twenty fifteen, I wanna say. Yeah, because they were working on the thing for legendary edition and special edition was launched and they're like, We'll get to that eventually. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was I was blown away at the time. It was ama- like I really feel like the Skyrim engine kind of brought them down because <laughs> that game. Well, I, I, I can. It is a game because it's got no relation to Skyrim outside of like assets. I'd say in terms of like models and textures, and the engine, I guess. But honestly, so many aspects of that game, especially like the cinematics that they did, like yes. all the, uh, I, I guess, like the scripted things are miles above the quality of Skyrim. And I was frankly like amazed. The only th- only gripe I really had with the game was the fact that, and I have this gripe with every single Skyrim mod in existence or like complete conversion is the UI fucking sucks. Please. I don't, I don't know how you, how, how you do it. Please. If you're going to make like a total conversion mod, find a way to like actually get rid of Skyrim's UI. I know Enderall tried it, with like their own custom thing, but in the end, it was just Skyrim's UI. It was like it didn't feel like another game's UI to me, at least. And I, I, I feel like, like the way they modified it, it's like they use Sky UI for a lot of it, which is really nice. Yeah, but in the end, it still got like that. I'm pretty sure it's still like the black and uh, silver, right? The yeah, colors for it, like, yeah. Yeah. I, I really feel like because I, I think the big one that stands out to me is. Uh, uh, Skywind with their UI and their UI is literally just a skin. So it's, it, that's like the equivalent to what this was, but with less functionality. And I, I really wish they would put more effort into that when they're already putting so much into like every other aspect of the game. But I can understand. 
that's pretty valid criticism on my point or yeah. my book. Yeah. Uh, Alex, do you have anything you want to talk about or? Honestly, not really. It's your show. You know what's, uh, all right. If, if that's what, what you want like, to do. <laughs> yeah. You probably know what, what like your viewers want to hear about. We can move on to the best part of the podcast that everyone loves and is 100% from the community, the lightning round. Uh, Yay! Alright, question number one. You guys ready for this? Yep. CDPR, again. Ha ha ha. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, number two. <laughs> Stadia supports phones as controllers. That's actually kind of. I mean, like, this is just me being stupid. I actually kind of think that's kind of cool, like on a surface level. But why would they, they? They add this after how long? When there's like a thousand concurrent players on Stadia. Yeah, true. But I mean, the concept of just being able to use your phone as a controller is kind of interesting. I kind of wish something more you know, relevant was using it, but still. Yeah. I mean, given the fact that, like, no one can get a next-gen console or, like, a PC parts, is like, the perfect time for Stadia to take off. They just need a few more features like that to uh, attract people. So, like, it's just another feature, so hopefully with some extra stuff, they're gonna finally be relevant soon. I don't think they'll ever be relevant. I think, like all Google products, Stadia is gonna die so other better products can rise. I mean, it, it it's been alive for like what two years now. It's still alive somehow. Really? It was it, it's it's on like a drip feed though. Like the only big games that I've ever heard people talk about on it are like ESO and uh, Destiny Two. There, and well, I, I understand those. Alive. Yeah, I understand those audiences are big. It's just I don't I don't think they're enough to sustain Stadia, which apparently had. Top of the line computer components in each in each fucking server rack, and it's like, no, you guys are literally just running last gen hardware. You just have a lot of it. But yeah. Anyways, question three. We have a new. <laughs> we have a new. Uh, this is the second picture. I can't even make out what that is. <laughs> I don't know who broke it, but that's Tim the Tat Man. Oh, I just see his beard oh, and half his face. Uh, we the, have, the roster grows. We have a new person who enters the, the fray. Uh, famous YouTuber, Jacksepticeye. Y- who will win? <laughs> Jacksepticeye, <laughs> Tim the Tatman, <laughs> and her I dream. Really wish. I can't even make out Tim the Tatman. Uh, Tim, Tim the Tatman's broken beyond repair at this point. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised how Dream has survived. Dream but dream. like, Tim the Tatman, I, I, we can't fix him. He's broken. <laughs> He's a broken man. <laughs> but Dream broken. still stands tall. But, but now, But now it's all up to you, Jacksepticeye. Will you this stop Dream's tyr- tyranny? This poor man. He's like, I'm just, I'm just here. <laughs> With that, we can bring the podcast to an end. Um, thanks, uh, Alex, for coming down. Uh, I, very interesting learning about your experiences on YouTube. Uh, and like, honestly, great interview. Loved it. Um, do you have anything you want to shout out though, before we end the podcast? I mean, I just want to say thanks so much for having me on. It was a blast. It was really fun. And, uh, yeah, I have a Patreon. It's just 
Avrana, check it out. Even one dollar a month goes a long way in support my channel. And I like to make way, way better videos and also videos on way more interesting topics. And also just, you know, if you ever unsure of what one random niche piece piece of technology does, then who knows, maybe I have a video on my channel. Give it a go. See if I do. And okay. yeah. Once yeah. again, thank you so much uh, for having me on. Uh, yeah, so thank you once again for coming down. I'll I'll have everything in the description as usual. Uh, and thanks for watching. We'll see you all around. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you, Bye. Bye.